It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions about some recent trades, some possible Rookie of the Year picks for 2023, and some Rule 5 eligible prospects. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we do every Monday, all of these questions in the mailbag come from the listeners of this show. If you have a question for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm for as long as Twitter continues to exist. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Was asked of my thoughts about the two trades that involved major leaguers and minor leaguers. So, uh, first one, the Blue Jays sent outfielder Teoscar Hernandez to the Mariners. The Mariners sent back relief pitcher Eric Swanson. So, MLB year 28, uh, 57 games, 168 ERA last year. One of the better relievers in baseball. He's got, I believe, two more years of contractual control. And then left-hand pitching prospect Adam Macko. So interesting on both sides, right? For the Blue Jays, obviously opened some stuff up here for them. They can now put George Springer in right field. Uh, Obvious opening, you need a center fielder now. And so the question that I have is, do you use your catching depth to go out and make a trade for a center fielder or a couple trades? Going from last Friday's show, Jeff Ellis from Locked on Guardians gave me, he said, why don't we put the Brewers and the Blue Jays together? The Brewers need a catcher. The Blue Jays have a bunch of catchers. The Blue Jays would love an ace pitcher. And there's a ton of outfield prospects that are higher up in the minors in Milwaukee. So even if you ruled out some of the best ones, no Jackson Churio, no Sal Frelick, you could still do a trade for like Corbin Burns, and your third best outfield prospect, a Joey Weimer type, to the Blue Jays. And in return, and if you want to trade out Joey Weimer for a guy like Garrett Garrett Mitchell, that's fine too, whatever. The outfielder is kind of interchangeable here. And in return, go get one of those amazing catchers uh, that the Blue Jays have. I would ask for, especially if I'm trading Corbin Burns, I would ask for Gabriel Moreno. So I want Gabriel Moreno. Go get their best pitching prospect in a Ricky Tiedemann. And then go out and get a lottery ticket on an infield bat. Like uh, Orelvis Martinez is a guy to me that if he hits, he's going to hit. And so, something like that. I think that's a good beginning part of a bi- of a package. Obviously, you're going to have to have probably another piece from the Blue Jays. There's going to be some back and forth about the quality of the outfielder. Especially if you're not trading a Jackson Churio and you're not trading a South Relic. So there'll be some back and forth on the quality of the outfielder and then what the third and possible fourth piece of the the package from the Blue Jays back to the Brewers is. But if you're a Brewers fan or a Blue Jays fan and you like that package, you think you would do that, you would make that trade, let us know. Again, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can drop it in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, But the, the thing here with... The trade from Seattle's side, right? So you give up Eric Swanson. Like I said, very good relief pitcher. But you're very much dealing from a position of strength, right? He was arguably the third or fourth best reliever in that Mariners bullpen. Uh, 
again, still very good. 168 ERA in 53 and two-thirds innings, 70 strikeouts to 10 walks. Only gave up three home runs all year. Like, very good. But again, dealing from a position of strength. And the guy you get back, I'm a big fan of Adam Mako. Interesting story if you don't know. He was born in Slovakia, and he, he first learned to pitch off of YouTube videos of Justin Verlander and David Price. They went from Slovakia to Ireland and then Canada. And so he was a 2019 seventh rounder by the Mariners out of Canada. Um, and had some, some shoulder issues, but when he's healthy, he's looked fantastic. So right about six foot, six one, one seventy. Eight games in high A in 2022. 399 ERA over 38 and a third innings. 60 strikeouts to 20 walks with one home run allowed. So about 14 strikeouts per nine to 4.7 walks per nine. Obviously walks are a little high. He's still harnessing some of this stuff. But he's a younger pitcher. He's a lefty. The fastball averages 94 to 95. He can touch 98 with it, which for a left-hander is fantastic velo. Uh, his his curveball's one of those big, sweeping, high-spin curveballs. Gets a lot of late movement to it. Uh, it is probably a 70-grade pitch, so the curveball is fantastic. Uh, sliders average. It differentiates some from the curveball, but it's just pretty much it's just like a not-as-good version of the curveball. Uh, changeup is kind of fringy. He mostly sticks to the fastball curveball. He sticks to those two things. Uh, control is kind of average, but what he's got to work on is one consistency in the start. He'll go a couple innings, he'll be fine, then all of a sudden it'll all fall apart. And the other thing is he can do a lot with the curveball as far as m- manipulate the shape of it to make it look like a different thing. But he still doesn't really have a third pitch. Again, the slider's kind of average. The changeup's fringy. Ideally, I'd like him to kind of develop one of those. And so get a little bit, one, stay healthy. Two, be a little more consistent going deeper into the start. And then three, work on that secondary. And you're looking at a dude that could absolutely be a dude. But uh, somebody where the Blue Jays have the, uh, the pitching development to to develop him and get him back. And then obviously, you're bringing back a Canadian. So it's, got, it's always a nice story for the fans and, and for some of that. So uh, Teoscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson, Adam Mako. Rare trade that I think is a, is a win on both sides. I think the Mariners don't give up too much. The Blue Jays get enough back. Uh, win on both sides, depending on what the Blue Jays do to fill that hole in center field. The other twin, uh, the other trade that involved major leaguers and minor leaguers was the trends traded, traded third baseman Gio Urshela to the Angels. Uh, there's been some discussion about where he's going to play. Uh, they, they've, they're going to look at him at first. They're going to look at him at second. Uh, obviously third if you don't have a healthy Anthony Rendon. He's played like 105 games in the last two years, so maybe you need that. It's But the compensation for that was right-hand pitcher Alejandro Hidalgo. And the thing here with this trade is, so he was an IFA by the Angels and 10 games in low A last year. 4.62 ERA in 39 innings, 58 strikeouts to 19 walks. So 13.4 walks per nine, 4.4 
I'm sorry, 13.4 strikeouts per nine, 4.4 walks per nine. Lots of tools here, right? Super toolsy guy, and I'm hoping the Twins are able to, de- to develop it. So the fastball, 92 to 94. I think part of this is he's 19 and he's 165 pounds at six foot tall. Physical development, you can get a little bit more velocity on that. He can touch 95 with it now, but you need a little more on there. The curveball has the potential to be plus. Good spin to it. He's got kind of good feel for it. And then the changeup, really good with location on it. I call it probably an average pitch right now. Uh, So average control, he can throw strikes. The curveball's really promising. You have the other pieces for a second and third pitch. So young pitcher needs work, obviously, but a lot of potential there. I think that the Twins probably weren't even going to be able to keep G. Urschel. It was going to be a, a situation where they could possibly have DFA'd him because they had Jose Miranda ready to take over third base anyway. So this works out. They get a piece that's not necessarily going to help them compete right away, but a pitcher that is talented that they have a chance to develop. So uh, more okay with the Blue Jays deal than this deal. Um, I don't necessarily know if Ursula changes the calculus a lot for the Angels as far as continuing in Otani's final year, but it's better than nothing. In just a minute, I want to get to some questions about my Rookie of the Year nods that I gave out last week. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Whether your interest is football, they've got both college and pro. Whether it's basketball, they've got both college and pro. Uh, soccer, the World Cup is just now starting, or you're just here for baseball and you want to see some of the futures and some of the free agent information, betonline.net is the place to go. It's got um, odds, stats, lines, everything you could possibly need to make you a more well-rounded sports fan. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so Sean on YouTube asked about why Corbin Carroll was not in my Rookie of the Year picks when I gave that last week. If you'll remember, uh, the end of the the show after we named Julio Rodriguez and Michael Harris as Rookies of the Year, I went back and kind of gave a preview of the 2023 race. And in the National League, it was third baseman Jordan Walker, third baseman and outfitter Jordan Walker, the Cardinals, third baseman Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, shortstop Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies, Uh, Then catcher Francisco Alvarez and third baseman Brett Beatty of the New York Mets. And then in in the American League, uh, shortstop Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles, uh, shortstop Anthony Volpe of the Yankees, third baseman Josh Young of the Rangers, catcher Logan O'Hoppe of the Angels, and outfielder George Valera of the Cleveland Guardians. The easy answer here is I for some reason, was thinking that Corbin Carroll had been up just long enough to lose rookie eligibility. I went back and looked. He was only up for 32 games. Uh, and so in, in that 32 games, 260, 330, 500, four home runs, 15 extra base hits, eight walks to 31 strikeouts, and two for three on stolen bases. So the defense is uh, is plus defense with 70-grade speed, very fast in center field, going to make an impact. The only thing that may hold him back defensively is his arm. It's fringe to average. Other than that, very good talent defensively. On offense, plus hitter, above average power, 
question's going to be where does the power end up? Is he a 20 home run guy? Is he more of a 10 to 15 home run guy, but he can slap a ball in the gap and, and hit a triple? Is that kind of where his ceiling is? I think ultimately, if he ends up not winning rookie of the year and he's fully healthy for the year, it's probably a lack of power production. And again, should have had him on my list. I just, again, I I for some reason was thinking that he had just passed the threshold for rookie eligibility. And so I thought he wasn't going to be eligible for rookie of the year next year. Uh, on the note of rookie of the year picks, JFly on YouTube asked if I had some sneaky rookie of the year picks. And unfortunately, BetOnline does not have the full odds out for all of these yet. So you can't put money on these. But if we're talking guys that are maybe underrated that I think could could do well next year. In the American League, pitcher Ken Waldachuk of the Oakland A's. So started seven games last year after being traded from the Yankees to the A's midseason. In those seven games, it was 34 and two-thirds innings, 4.93 ERA. 33 strikeouts to 10 walks. So 8.5 strikeouts per nine, 2.6 walks per nine. Five home runs allowed. Uh, 2019 fifth rounder out of St. Mary's. So the the timeline kind of hits third year. He's starting now. But the thing here with Waldachuk, so 6'4", 220. And when you look at his stat cast, there's not a ton of stuff there yet because he didn't get a ton of time. But 94th percentile in extension. And that kind of plays in with the whole thing. His whole thing is the the extension, the deception, uh, how funky the delivery is, and how hard it is to pick everything up. The actual pitches, the fastball, for instance, the actual fastball isn't that scary of a pitch. Averages 94 miles an hour. He can touch 98 with it, but it averages... Just over 94. Batting average allowed of 311. Slugging of 608 on the fastball. Four of the five home runs he gave up were the fastball. Go along with that. He's got a, a changeup that's above average. I like the changeup. He's got a slider and a curveball. He throws the slider um, about two and a half times as often as the, as the curveball. But they kind of blend together. So it's hard sometimes to differentiate them. Uh, as far as the hitter's concerned, they look like the same pitch and they move just about the same. Uh, so, a little more refinement on the slider. It's the second most often used pitch. Get it to just maybe a little bit more break to it and differentiate a little bit from the curveball, as well as continue the deception on the fastball and maybe throw it a little higher in the zone. Don't throw it uh, more so middle and low, but kind of keep it up higher in the zone. And I think Waldachuk's a guy that could threaten Rookie of the Year in 2023, knowing that he's not going to have the win-loss record, right? He plays for the Oakland A's. Uh, They have struggled, to put it mildly, as far as being competitive on the field. We'll have more on that tomorrow's show. Uh, So it's going to be touch and go, but he has the the skills, the raw skills to do it. Uh, In the National League, Again, a long shot, but kind of a sneaky pick that might work out. Outfielder Robert Hassel of the Washington Nationals. So, 2021st rounder out of high school. And the thing here, he was part of the Juan Soto trade. Uh, Thing here is, he's got 
a really, really good swing if you're looking for contact. I mean, the question here is not, is he going to make good contact? It's plus contact ability. The question, and the ultimate, the ceiling, is what is the power going to do? So in 2022, he hit 11 home runs, batted 273, 357, 407, over 112 games. 11 home runs, 37 extra base hits, 57 walks to 113 strikeouts, and was 24-27 on stolen bases. So you can see the speed, 24-27. You can see, you can also see that in the extra base hits. Strikeouts weren't too high. Walks were a decent number. The question is the power. Where does it come in at? Is it a 20 home run power? Is it more? Is it less? Depending on what he does. And again, I, I have him as probably 20 home runs is kind of his ceiling. And depending on what he does uh, to show that, I think there's a chance he could get Rookie of the Year votes next year. I do think ultimately he is probably, his ceiling's probably an all-star candidate as far as one of those old school leadoff guys that has a high on base percentage, stolen base threat, you know, gets on really well, doesn't hit for a ton of home runs, but the old school kind of leadoff hitter. I think that's a good profile for Robert Hassel. Uh, There's some other guys who people have asked about, and I love these guys. I just think it might be a little bit too early. Shortstop Ellie De La Cruz for the Cincinnati Reds. I could not be higher on it somebody than I am on Ellie De La Cruz. I just don't necessarily know if he's going to be be in the big leagues for long enough next year to significantly impact the race. Uh, spent most of his time in AA this year, a little bit in AAA, but just don't quite think that he's ready and going to get called up by Cincinnati in time to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, outfitter Brendan Davis of the Cubs. Brendan Davis is another guy who I think could get Rookie of the Year votes if he got an entire season I don't know if he'll get an entire season up next year. Uh, now, Matt Mervis. Matt Mervis may get an entire season playing first base for the Cubs. He'd have to hit a lot of home runs to, to win or get votes for Rookie of the Year as a first baseman because the defense is such a non-factor for most voters at the first base position. But he, Matt Mervis absolutely has the tools uh, to, to, if everything breaks right, to get Rookie of the Year votes. In just a minute, I want to get to questions about specific prospects. A lot of questions about guys who were unprotected uh, on the 40-man roster deadline last week. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. So I have a Simply Safe system in my house. And what is great about this system is I've had it for years. I bought it when we I bought my first house after college. It was actually like a townhome. So it was a smaller system. And then every time that I've upgraded, I've, I'm now in the third house that I've lived in since college. I've gone and taken the Simply Safe system, taken down the sensors. They all hook, they all set up with command strips. I've taken down the sensors and moved the entire system to my new house. I don't have to call a professional to come drill holes in the wall. I don't have to do a lot of complicated stuff. It's rather simple for me to take everything down, move it to the new place, put it back up. So if you're renting, if you have an apartment, it's perfect for that. And then as if you move to somewhere larger or somewhere with different needs, as far as the combination of door sensors, window sensors, smoke detectors, water leak detectors, panic buttons and alarms and cameras, you can go to simplysafe.com 
and you can pick individual things to add into your system. Over time, I've gone and I've added smart locks. I've added outdoor cameras. I've added a floodlight, all kind of things that I didn't necessarily need that like when I first got my system years ago, probably five, six years ago, but I now have and now value, you can go in and incrementally add to the system. And then when they come in, everything's installable by yourself, easy and simple. So right now is the 50% off sale. Biggest sale of the year was Simply Safe because they know what happens during the holidays as far as uh, package thefts off the porch and home burglaries. So go to simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You can get 50% off of a new Simply Safe system. Again, simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, mailbag questions about individual prospects. First one was from Steven on Twitter. He asked about Braves pitcher Indigo Diaz because he was rumored to be a Reds Rule 5 target. 27th round pick in 2019 out of Michigan State. A round that does not even exist anymore. 6'5", 250, big boy. Uh, 49 games last year, and these were all in double-A at age 23. Uh, 49 and two-thirds innings, 308 ERA, with 31 walks to 63 strikeouts. So 5.6 walks per nine, 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Gave up four home runs. And the step back in walk rate is one of the reasons why he didn't get protected by the Braves. He got 14 games in Mississippi, 18 innings in 2021 after coming up from high A Rome, and he walked nine guys. So he went up over one walk per nine innings. Wasn't a great number before, got a little bit worse, and the strikeouts kind of came back down a little bit. And so... When you, you've got this here, fastball, I like the fastball. Again, big guy with the power, 6'5", 250. Fastball sits 94, 95. He can touch 97, 98 with it. Standard for a reliever now. So many relievers throw tons of gas, but it's really effective up in the zone for swing and miss and things like that. Uh, to go along with that, he's got a slider that's kind of slurvy, but it works well in the bottom of the zone. It's a it's a vertical breaking slider and so you combine the fastball slider combo you know it's it's good enough for him to be to be a full-time reliever uh, so far now he's going to need to get the breaking ball better because I feel like he threw the fastball a little bit too much in 2021 you saw him try to use the slider a little bit more in 22 and I think maybe that's why the numbers ticked down a little bit but Absolutely has the tools. And if your system excels in individual pitch development or in pitch refinement, and I think the Reds are a good example of a team that can develop a pitcher, go out, you can get Indigo Indigo Diaz and polish him into a MLB level reliever. It's all down to what do you think you can do with that slider? Can you get that slider better? Because I don't think you're getting a lot more physical development out of that frame. Jackson on YouTube asked about Ray's infielder Cooper Kinney if we had an injury update and then some projections for him. So JT Cooper from Baseball America just recently reported out uh, that Cooper Kinney should be healthy for spring training. I think the big question you have here is how's the strength in that shoulder? He got injured uh, diving back into a bag. And so kind of a fluke injury. 
what's the strength of the shoulder look like? He has a grand total of 11 games in professional baseball. He was a 2021 first-rounder supplemental out of high school. And the issue here is you need the bat to come back. Like, he has to, the shoulder has to be strong because you're reliant on the back. He's got limited range, limited speed. You're already looking at, like, a second-base profile. And so, for Cooper Kinney to have a shot here, I mean, the arm's powerful and accurate, but the range and the speed are at the point where he has to play second and he can't play third. So, he's got really good bat control, and the power is, the power potential is promising. I think he can go a couple ways here. He's really good at pitch recognition, especially on, like, sliders away, fastballs away, and so guys have to throw in the zone at him or walk him. He's good with that. The question's going to be, does he lean into more power or does he focus on contact? I think he could be plus either way. I don't think he's likely to do both. And so the question's going to be, is he going to be a power-hitting second baseman or is he going to be an on-base threat second baseman? Either way, he's an offense-first second baseman. And so he's going to have to make sure that the conditioning's on point so that he doesn't uh, slow down anymore. But uh, should be back in time for spring training. Question just going to be, what does he do uh, when he's healthy? How healthy is he? How healthy is the shoulder? Uh, Lord Reven on YouTube had some Guardians questions. He wanted to hear my thoughts on Doug Nikhazy, Petey Halpin, and Carson Tucker. If you go back and you watch uh, Friday's crossover with the guys from Locked On Guardians, I talked about Doug Nikhazy. I'm a Doug Nikhazy fan. But... Uh, P.D. Halpin and Carson Tucker, worth worth a conversation. Both of them 2020 picks. First round for Tucker, third round for Halpin, both out of high school. They were both going to the same college. The Guardians came in and took them both. So, uh, Tucker's the higher rated one. Let's talk about him first. Uh, Shortstop, above average defender. And I think the thing with Carson Tucker, really promising tools He just doesn't quite know how to use them all yet. Struggled a little bit this year in low A. Got 38 games. Now, he had a forearm strain. He missed about six weeks. Uh, If he was a pitcher, you'd be worried about the forearm strain. Not as worried with with an infielder, but still. 137, 257, 222. One home run, seven extra base hits. 55 strikeouts to 18 walks. Was 5 of 5 on stolen bases. So, you can see the speed is real. Um, the power, he flashed above average power when you watched him. Uh, he's been working on physical development. He just now turned 20 years old. So it's going to be down to health and it's going to be harnessing the tools, right? I think he's going to be at least an average hitter just because of the how short and smooth the swing is. He's got good enough pitch recognition where he's going to make decent contact. The question is going to be where, how, where does the power come in? How far does the power develop? Uh, P.D. Halpin, center fielder, a little bit different year for him. 105 games in high A, was healthy all year, 262, 346, 385. Six home runs, 31 extra base hits, 92 strikeouts to 45 walks, and 16 to 23 on stolen bases. He works out, he profiles correctly for center field if he stays in center field. There's a little bit of questions about, like his read is, his reads are good, his routes are good, his reactions are good. A little bit of questions about his range. Uh, I think his speed is above average. Uh, he got thrown out, I feel like, a little bit too much. He was kind of learning how to, how to use that speed. But 
Offensively, hits like hard contact. The speed is above average, so it helps him when he gets it in the gap. Uh, again, if he sticks in center field, he profiles as an MLB regular, a guy who should do pretty well. The question is going to be, how does the range do? do? Is he able to stick in center? And if he has to move to a corner, it's probably going to be left. And so then you've got extra pressure on the bat and on the power production to go along with it. So interested to see what he's going to do. Remember, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects.